Good evening, listeners. Welcome to the Nightly Crawl Catcher with Corey Bank. This is episode 51. I'm excited to be here with you all tonight. I'm your host, and you're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key at noon in Georgia. I hope everyone's having a great night. It's now time to enter the late night madness. Welcome to our NFL Week 3 Games of the Week Pick'em segment. Each week, we're going to do Pick'em for two of the best 1 o'clock Sunday games, two of the best 4 o'clock games, and the feature Sunday night game and both of the Monday night games. At the end of the NFL Pick'em segment, I will be announcing the rest of the league's Pick'em. Then we'll be finishing that with our music news segment. But tonight, we have a special treat. We're going to be covering the Thursday night game between the New York Giants versus the San Francisco 49ers. The New York Giants kept dialing up blitzes, and the San Francisco 49ers just got the ball into their playmakers' hands. Christian McCaffrey scored a touchdown in his 12th straight game. Debo Samuel caught one of Brock Purdy's two touchdown passes, and the San Francisco 49ers won the 13th straight regular season game, 30-12, over the New York Giants on Thursday night. They got a good bit of pressure on Brock and caused a couple of three and outs. But it's about how long you can sustain those drives, Samuel said. So in the second half, we came out executing. The Niners weren't particularly sharp on offense early in their home opener, but got enough from Christian McCaffrey on big runs after the catch by Samuel and George Kittle to earn their second 3-0 start in 25 seasons. The Giants blitz Purdy on 33 of his 39 dropbacks. But with his 247 of his 310 passes, passing yards per se, on those plays, including the touchdown to rookie Ronnie Bell and Samuel. I thought it was just a huge challenge. One of the bigger ones Brock has been in with a short week to prepare for a scheme like that, Coach Shanahan said. But there's not a comfortable play throughout the game. I thought he settled down as the game went on, and McCaffrey ran for 85 yards, added 34 more receiving, and scored on a four-yard run that made it a 17-3 game late in the second quarter. That matched Jerry Rice's franchise record with 12 straight games in the regular season, or playoffs with a touchdown, and is three shy of the NFL mark. The defense did the rest against the sure-handed Giants, who are now 1-2. and two who fell behind by the double digits at the half for the third time in three games this season. So with the running game hampered by the absence of the injured star Saquon Barkley and the offensive line overmatched without left tackle Andrew Thomas and left guard Ben Bredesen, the Giants struggled to move the ball and finish with 150 yards of offense. No excuses with anybody who missed the game or played, says coach Brian Dable. They managed two field goals in the first half and scored on Matt Breida's eight-yard run on a third-quarter drive that needed just 15 yards thanks to two penalties on the Niners. Daniel Jones was often on the run and couldn't get anything going downfield. He went 22 for 32 for 137 yards and an interception. We didn't create rhythm, Jones said, but we didn't execute either. Didn't take advantage of our opportunities, but that's a good defense, a good team. And when we are playing good teams, you can't afford to do that. We didn't play very well. 
but Purdy was off target in the first half. But his numbers were pretty good thanks to some fortunate bounces and help from his teammates. Kittle broke up a potential interception on the opening drive. And Purdy had another pass to Samuel that got deflected and bounced high in the air before Bell caught it for a 15-yard gain. Purdy also converted a 3rd and 15 and a 3rd and 13 on the same drive by throwing quick passes behind the line of scrimmage to Samuel and McCaffrey that turned the first downs. But the Giants once again found themselves in a big hole at halftime, trailing 17-6. It was an improvement from the first two weeks when they trailed Dallas 26-0 in the opener and Arizona 20-0 in week two. They rallied to beat the Cardinals with a strong second-half performance. But New York also got down 28-0 in a playoff loss last season to the Eagles, marking the first time since the 03-04 season that they trailed by double digits at the half and four straight games. That is unfathomable. There was small scuffle late in the first half when the Niners were trying to take a knee to run out the clock. San Francisco left tackle Trent Williams took offense when New York's Ashawn Robinson shoved Aaron Banks and Williams shoved him with the two hands. That was offsetting penalties, but we needed to take a look at this video and see if this was a flagrant foul. But in that regard, we saw some injuries in this ball game. So, Giants had inactives, and rookie cornerback Deontay Banks had an arm injury, and defensive lineman DJ Davidson had an elbow in the left second, and he left the second half. As for the Niners, wide receiver Brandon Ayuk had a shoulder injury. He missed his first game since his rookie season, and cornerback Ambry Thomas had a knee injury and was also inactive. But all in all, it was the Niners who had a strong performance in their fourth quarter, scoring 10 points, getting Chris McCaffrey going in the run game, and getting Debo Samuel over 100 yards receiving, a pivotal point in their team, the Swiss Army knife slashing through defenders, and getting in for a touchdown. When you have a dynamic offense between the likes of Brock Purdy, and you have Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey, you can get anything accomplished especially when you have a defensive front with Bosa, who's been a dominant factor, as well as Fred Warner. Wow, what a team this year. Off to a 3-0 start. And it's the San Francisco Giants who took the New York Giants to the bank by the score of 30-12. Now we're on to our NFL Week 3 pick'em action. And our first game is between the Atlanta Falcons versus the Lions. So, last week's loss to the Seattle Seahawks was a shock to the system and a hard dose of reality for the Detroit Lions, who now stand at 1-1 on the season. This week, the undefeated Atlanta Falcons travel to Ford Field in search of keeping their perfect start intact. First of all, they're 2-0. Wow. And year three for Arthur Smith with his experience in the NFC South seems as wide open as it's ever been with an aging Saints defense, the Panthers at the beginning of the rebuild, and the Buccaneers existing in that strange post-Super Bowl purgatory without a franchise quarterback. How have Smith and general manager Terry Fontaine put the Falcons in position to contend for the division title in 2023? Well, they have gone out to the best start they possibly can have. But 
It's been a slow, methodical rebuild, and it's taken every bit of the previous two years in this offseason to make this team legitimate, which is where they're digging in. And they've put something together in that regard by getting Deion Jones and the Falcons entered the 2023 season with a ton of cap space and tremendous flexibility in the future years and finally got a chance to spend it in the free agency with the pickups of huge safety, Jesse Bates III, and defensive tackle, David Onyemeta, playing starring roles in this 2-0 start for Fontaine, has been savvy with trades flipping day three picks for veterans like tight end Jonah Smith and cornerback Jeff Okador, who appears to set to make this Falcons debut this week. But meanwhile, on the coaching side of things, Arthur Smith has completely changed the demeanor of this team. What was once a high-flying, finesse-based passing attack has been replaced by a hard-nosed, run-focused approach with a play-action pass game behind it. Atlanta has filled out the offense with an emphasis on skill positions early in the draft and now possesses a trio of elite options in wide receiver Drake London, tight end Kyle Pitts, and rookie Bajon Robinson. The offensive line has been particularly looking really decent in this revamped, and they're one of the best units in run blocking. After two not-so-great years, they picked up the pace, and really, Nielsen brings a very different approach with his emphasis on the coverage on his 4-2-5 packages with a lot of blitzing from his linebackers. But thus far, it's been pretty miraculous of a start for this team. And this defense right now is top 10 in scoring through the first two weeks. It's required a great deal of patience, but the pieces are finally coming together, along with some improved coaching to make this team into what appears to be a legitimate NFC playoff contender for the season. And it's incredible to see what they've done with the draft capital. But unbelievable to find this. Something the Lions can relate to, however, is taking a running back in the first half of last year's NFL draft. And Bajon Robinson's been everything you've been looking for in a running back. And he's really been unbelievable. The all-time leaders in NFL history and most yards from scrimmage in his first two games. And that's just scratching the surface with the way he's played. So his potential is unbelievable. So he was an immediate special team player, not really in that regard, but his running game has been capable of bouncing through holes and breaking, and he's a game-breaker. Pajan was absolutely crucial to both the Atlanta's victories with his insane catch-and-run touchdowns against the Panthers that no other player would have made and a pair of incredible fourth-down conversions that set up the game-winning field goal against the Green Bay Packers. Incredibly, it still looks like there could be more from Bajan, but particularly in the receiving game. I'm so excited to see how he develops over the course of the season, and I expect he'll be the face of the franchise not before long. As for Smith's offense, is the source of endless frustration really defining this for fantasy owners, but it doesn't matter. Because they're winning ball games, and this is behind the backs of Matt Collins, who actually leads the team in receiving and had a toe-tapping touchdown wiped off the board by bad officiating against Green Bay. But John o. Smith and the deep threat Scotty Miller—that's just how this is going to go. 
And Smith's offense is going to feed the hot hand and run the ball as much as possible. Because Atlanta is capable of dominating opponents on the ground. On Desmond Ritter, he's made some outstanding plays and is clearly at his best in high-pressure situations. Atlanta has absolutely crushed the fourth quarter this season. He's taken some steps forward from his four games that he played in 2022. However, Ritter's still not reading the field particularly as well as we have thought, but he's very lucky to have just one interception as he could have thrown as many as three against the Packers and had a potential drop pick in Carolina. But I still think we've seen enough from Ritter through the two games to think that we can continue gradual improvement. He could eventually turn into something for this team. Whether that's a high-end backup, solid starter, or franchise quarterback, we're a long way from finding that out. We have to feel this out. I think what you have with him is the ability to lead a team, and he's a game manager right now. But the signings of Jesse Bates III and David Onetta have been absolute home runs, and Bates gives the Falcons an elite playmaker on the back end and allows Ryan Nielsen the flexibility to get aggressive with his blitz packages, while Onyemata gives Grady Jarrett the running mate on the inside that he lacked throughout his entire career. The interior of the defensive line is stout and deep and penetrates holes all day long. Now, on the edge, it's still very much a work in progress, and the good news is is that the team has raised the floor of a unit with Calais Campbell and Bud Dupree, but they still lack a guy who can consistently stay on the outside, and A.J. Terrell has been elite through the two games, and the hope is that the former Lions cornerback Jeff Okudoa can be a better option than Trey Flowers across from him. But Okudoa was showing out in camp, so expectations are pretty high. Could we have a revenge game on our hands here, folks? We'll see. But ultimately, I think Nielsen's coach has elevated this unit along with a big infusion of talent. They're probably not as good as the stats show through the two games, but even if the defense is just average, average, that would make them the best Falcons defense since 2017 keeping track of Bajan Robinson and his receiving. But in this game, I do think the Atlanta Falcons are going to win this game and start at 3-0. Now we're on to our next game of our NFL Pick'em segment. You don't want to miss it, folks. Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home. Offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bed bugs, German roach, and flea control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control. Repair. Bond. Best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control. 34 Jefferson Street, Newton. 770-954-9941. Want to give back to your community in a meaningful way? Cares for Kids is a Keller Williams Realty-founded charity in which 100% of money raised goes directly to children in need in our area. Cares for Kids helps fund local organizations like Angel's House, Coweta Casa, Elevate, and more. Help Cares for Kids reach their mission of serving 1 million children. Call 678-634-9770 today to learn more on how to be involved or text k for k Noonan to 44321 to donate.
This week's property of the week is located at 688 Cheatham Road in Griffin, Georgia. This 32.14 acre tract is waiting to find its new owner. This property features a three bed, two bath home built in 1890. An 18 by 28 utility shed ran with its own power and water, fencing for horses and other livestock, and timber such as pine, oak, and pecan trees. Call 678-634-9770 for more information. Welcome back. You're listening to the Nightly Crow Catcher with Corey Banks on WQEE 99.1, the key out of Newton, Georgia. And now we're on to our next game of the NFL Week 3 Pick'em segment. And this between the New England Patriots versus the New York Jets. Nothing has gone right for the Patriots' ground game in the early going as Ramondre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott have both been held in check Thus far, Stevenson is averaging less than 3 yards per carry on 27 attempts, and Elliott isn't much better at 3.5 on his 12 carries. Clearly, the upheaval up front has played a role in the slow start, but given the fact that the Dolphins allowed over 200 rushing yards to the Chargers in Week 1, the performance was more than a little disappointing. Things don't figure to get much better easier this week on the road against the Jets. That will likely enter the game in a foul mood after a lackluster performance in Dallas. The Cowboys rolled up 30 points against the New York Jets, some of which were the results of turnovers, but the Jets expect better. Up front, Quentin Williams and Quentin Jefferson lead a stout defensive line in front of linebacker C.J. Mosley and Quincy Williams. That group is tough to run on, as evidenced by the Cowboys, who averaged just three yards a carry, including Tony Pollard's 2.9-yard average on 25 carries. Cole Strange, David Andrews, and Mike Onwino will have to be more consistent against the Jets. Tough front line to get things going. Stevenson and Elliott have yet to get on track in 2023. And the Jets' defense won't make that their task any easier. So, when the Patriots pass, they have to figure out what's going on with the edge of the Jets. The Jets are no picnic to throw against either. Corners, Sauce Gardner, and DJ Reed are solid. As is Nickelback, Michael Carter, and safeties Tony Adams and Jordan Whitehead are optimistic playmakers, particularly Whitehead, who picked off three Josh Allen passes in the Monday night win over Buffalo in the opener. The Jets can also get after the passer, and they like to spread the wealth. Jefferson leads the team with two of the Jets' six sacks. The one area where New York's defense would probably like to see improve is third down. Dallas converted 9 of 18 third down attempts in week two, and for the season, New York ranks 22nd in the league, allowing over 45%. The Patriots' offense comes into the game struggling to find any semblance of consistency in production. At times, Mac Jones has been able to move the ball, but it hasn't translated to points. The problem has been up front, where the patchwork group of offensive linemen has had trouble protecting Jones. So opponents have racked up six sacks, but that doesn't begin to tell the story as Jones has been forced to throw the ball sooner than he'd like frequently. Devontae Parker returned after missing the opener 
and made some plays against Miami. He could be a key figure as a drive starter on Sunday as Bill O'Brien might look to take some pressure off Jones by throwing on early downs in an effort to stay out of obvious passing situations. It won't be an easy task for the Jets. So, New York wants to run the football. And from a statistical point of view, they appear to have the potential to do so, effectively against the Patriots. Miami's Raheem Moster repeatedly gashed open New England's front for 121 yards on 18 carries, including a game-sealing 43-yard touchdown in the run last week. So as a result, the Patriots ranked 23rd in the league in rushing yards allowed, 121, and 20th in rushing yards per play. So those numbers are a bit deceptive. However, as Miami did most of that damage, the reason the Dolphins' production is deceptive is the Patriots were focused, forced to look at this through the lighter front. In terms of numbers, so due to Miami's explosiveness in the passing game, that left them vulnerable up front, and that won't be the case against Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook in New York. The defensive game plan likely will include devoting extra bodies to keep the Jets' running game from gaining much traction, which will mean the Patriots will need better performances from Davion Gotchucks, Lawrence Guy, Christian Barmore, Keon White, and Dietrich Weiss. That group needs to own the line of scrimmage, which will then put the game in the hands of Zach Wilson and the Jets', pa- Jets passing attack. Buffalo was unable to do that consistently, and they lost the ball game. But a week later, the Cowboys shut down both Hall and Cook, limiting that pair to just eight total carries. This is a matchup that the Patriots could win in that regard. But when the Jets pass passing game, they're assuming of the edge of the Patriots. Their assumption is that defensive front can bounce back. This is where the Patriots defense can cash in. Wilson has been mistake-prone throughout his young career, and that has been the case against the Patriots. He threw three picks, all of which came when he tried to extend plays and made poor decisions under pressure. In the first meeting a year ago, it was the single biggest difference in a game that the Jets otherwise enjoyed plenty of success in. The Patriots will look to create some more mistakes on Sunday as they try to keep a talented group of pass catchers under wraps. Garrett Wilson is one of the best young receivers in football. He hurt New England in the first meeting a year ago, catching six passes for 115 yards in the 22-17 loss at MetLife Stadium. That could create an interesting matchup with rookie Christian Gonzalez, who has been impressive at times in his first two games. Jonathan Jones missed the Week 2 loss to Miami, and Marcus Jones was lost for the early game due to his shoulder injury. That makes depth a concern in the secondary, especially if Wilson plays within himself. The Jets added Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, and McCole Hardman to the mix, and tight end Tyler Conklin is a capable pass catcher as well, giving Wilson some options. The key here is applying pressure and forcing Wilson to hold the ball, which often leads to good things for the defense. But before we break anything down here, it's worth looking back at last week's Field goal block against Miami. Cam Accord and Joe Judge came up with a creative scheme that was executed to perfection by Brennan Schooler, who timed his rush perfectly as he raced in from outside the formation before diving to block Jason Sanders' attempt. Excellent stuff all around. 
but otherwise the rookie kickers are off to solid starts as Chad Ryland connected on 49-yard field goal and Bryce Berenger is averaging over 46 yards on his nine punts with six down inside the 20-yard line. The Jets have some concerns at kicker as Greg Zerline was unable to go against the Cowboys due to his groin injury. Austin Siebert replaced him in Dallas without incident, but veteran Thomas Morstead continues his strong work with his 45.7-yard net punting average through the two games. Rookie Xavier Gibson electrified MetLife with his walk-off punt return for a touchdown and the overtime win over the Buffalo Bills. He also handles kick return duties while Ty Montgomery does so for the Patriots. Neither has gotten many chances with touchbacks dominating the landscape in early going. Demario Douglas replaced the injured Marcus Jones as punt returner, and while he offers some elusiveness, he needs to, he doesn't seem to possess the best game-breaking ability from that position. But that did happen from a year ago against the Jets on that walk-off punt return. But in this game, in the battle of the AFC rivals, I'm going to take the New York Jets in this matchup. Now we're on to our next game of the NFL Pick'em segment. We've got the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Chicago Bears. Kansas City, the face of the NFL, NFL champions are shorthanded on the offensive line once again. With the defense still trying to blend in seven new starters, it's not an easy assignment. And the Bears get to try it in a week when they have endured the distraction of their defensive coordinator's resignation and are without the intended left side of their starting offensive line. Yet, there are Bears who can take advantage of situations or create matchup issues for the Chiefs. But not all of them are the players. Here are the Bears who can cause problems for the Chiefs. Your first player, running back, Khalila Herbert. They've managed to give Herbert their starting healthy running back carries, but only 16 carries in the first two games. They had given starting running back David Montgomery twice as many carries in the first two games last year. But in its true form, they did sign Dante Foreman and he could take away carries from Herbert, but they left him inactive last week. Sure, they have rookie Rashawn Johnson, but they've thrown him as many footballs as they let him carry the football. One key for stopping Kansas City and Mahomes is to keep him off the field, and the conventional running game will, with ball control can be a key here. It might be too much to ask for for a running attack when their third different offensive line in three weeks will be starting. But it's all they have, and there is talent in their backfield if they use it. They might even dust off a couple of Justin Fields' planned runs if they feel like risking it. Anything to keep the clock running and Mahomes on the sidelines. Number two, we got DJ Moore. He made six catches last week as the connection with Fields started to develop. Moore will be going against Legereus Sneed who has been an effective starter for Kansas City in past years, but is limited in practice due to a knee injury. Pro Football Focus has graded him 82nd overall out of the 98 cornerbacks in coverage. Now we got number three to Marcus Walker. Walker has three sacks against the Chiefs in the past and five quarterback hurries. And as 
a former AFC West opponent with the Broncos. He got the experience a large dose of Mahomes. Walker's the kind of defensive end who should play well against KC as his strength is holding the edge and preventing the quarterback from getting outside. When he's on the edge and he's put in the wide nine, he's effective. Walker's going to be against Jawan Taylor, the Chiefs' right tackle, and the free agent acquisition who is tied with the Bears' tackle, Braxton Jones, for the league lead and penalties with six. Fourth player to watch out for, defensive end, Yannick Nakoku. Nakoku has had good history of going against Mahomes. With three sacks and nine quarterback hits, he is playing against a veteran tackle new to the Chiefs, too. Former Buccaneers tackle Donovan Smith. While Smith has been solid in the past, PFF grades his effectiveness as lower than both Bears tackles Darnell Wright and Jones so far. 53rd ranked at the 71 tackles graded. So that's to watch out for. Next player to look out for? Safety, Jaquan Brisker. Brisker has been around the ball, but hasn't been able to come up with the takeaway yet. Last week, he had a few chances, and a player like he can cause troubles for Mahomes, but not necessarily because of poor play by the Chiefs passer. Mahomes' receivers haven't exactly been sure-handed so far. They lead the NFL and drop passes. Kadarius Toney, in particular, has endured hands problems. It's not exactly like watching a volleyball match, but the ball is being tipped around a lot, and Brisker is the kind of player who could take advantage of a shaky handling of Mahomes' passing game. The sixth factor is going to be Coach Matt Everfloss. Yes, a coach. So, Floss, his defense against Matt Nagy's offense. But let's be real here. It's Andy Reid's offense, and it's run by Mahomes. Still, this is a potential problem for the Chiefs because Everfloss managed to come up with a scheme to shut down a more potent KC offense as Colts defensive coordinator in 2019 during a 19-13 Indianapolis win. Since that game, only once have the Chiefs been held to fewer points in a regular season game. That's right. Everfloss was asked about the secret to his performance that week, but he stated, I would just say it was good fundamentals. The guys did a nice job with their effort and intensity, but in the end of the day, we had to look at tape, and that's what we figured out. So, yeah, they're a very good team. Obviously, a lot of good skill players, but we've got a big challenge ahead of us, said Coach Everfloss. But Mahomes still did throw for 321 yards, uh, 22-39 in that game when they had success, and Kelsey still got in the end zone. But whether Everfloss has a success formula for the game isn't certain because it was a long time ago, and this is a very different team, very different dynamic and tendencies at that point in time. However, that was Kansas City's Super Bowl winning team, and it was before the Colts had the benefits of DeForest Buckner as a third technique to rush the passer from inside. But despite of all of this, Casey's going to get everything going um, in terms of their run game. They're going to have to get Isaiah Pacheco out there and hitting the holes and be successful. But Mahomes has to find a good passing target besides Travis Kelsey. I mean, the last two weeks, he's thrown to 10-plus receivers. But he's got to find a receiver 
who's going to be a dynamic target indeed. Sure, right now it's been a receiver by committee formula for this Kansas City team. I still think they are the Chiefs. They have a good defense. They got Chris Jones. They're still going to figure it out. And that's why, in this game, I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs. But we'll be right back with more NFL Pick'em segment. You don't want to miss it. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around. Fish dinners. Open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in. Take out. It's Wishbone Fried Chicken. Right next door to their former location. Bringing you the best chicken around. So great. Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A, here in Noonan. Got mold? Call the Mold Man. Specializing in crawl space and interior mold remediation, encapsulations, and basement waterproofing since 2019. The Mold Man team takes pride in keeping your family healthy and your home mold free. Visit our website, themoldmanllc.com, to schedule a quote or give us a call at 678-227-9763. Hey sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of the Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern. You'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. WQEE. Braves Country is a Southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Welcome back. You're listening to the Nightly Crow Catcher with Corey Banks on WQEE 99.1, the key out of Noonan, Georgia. And now, we're on to our next game of our NFL Pick'em segment. And this is a game between the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Las Vegas Raiders. So, in this Sunday night game, last year, we're going to take away of game breakers of a player. His name is Josh Jacobs. And he did rack up 1,653 yards last year in his 17 games. The best running back in terms of statistics in the NFL with his 12 rushing touchdowns will be a dynamic player in this ball game if Pittsburgh is going to make a difference. And Watt's going to have to figure out what's going on. They're going to put him in the wide nine technique. They're going to line him as a linebacker. Whatever hybrid role they're going to have to do. And he did come in 11th in terms of rushing yards per attempt average with his 4.9 yards per attempt. And he did average 97 yards per game. But Jacobs was an offensive contributor as well. With his 53 receptions, 64 targets for 400 yards in the passing game. So the Steelers are going to have to figure out a way to stop him from being a guy who's a Swiss Army knife at the backfield. 
for also their dynamic receiver. They've got Devontae Adams, and he has his 1,516 receiving yards. Third in the NFL, at top five receiver, and has been one of the most dynamic receivers in the past five years and consistent. And he led the NFL last year with 14 touchdowns, first in the NFL, and on receptions with ninth in the NFL. Every one of his statistics makes him a top 10 target, mostly a top five target. And he's going to be a dynamic receiver with the likes of the secondary for the Pittsburgh Steelers. How are they going to slow down Devontae Adams? How are they going to slow down Josh Jacobs? Two great players. Then they also have quarterback for Las Vegas Raiders. They got from last year's 49ers team, Jimmy Garoppolo. He passed for 2,437 yards last year with his 16 touchdowns and four interceptions. He completed for 67%. So he is an accurate quarterback, a game manager, and they're going to have to figure out how to slow him down. He did average 221 yards per game last year, and he was on for seven attempts on the yardage. He added 33 yards in the ground. Obviously, he's not a runner, but he is a threat in the pocket. And with the combination of Devontae Adams on the outside, lining him up at the X, the Y, he is your dynamic receiver. That connection with Jimmy Garoppolo and Josh Jacobs. They are a powerful offense. But let's not forget about the defensive front that they have. They got one of the best defensive ends in the game. In 2022, they got Max Crosby. He had 88 tackles, 22 for a loss, and 12 and a half sacks. One of the sack leaders. And when you have a defensive end who has 10 sacks or more in a season, they are an elite pass rusher. They got Marcus Epps, who had 92 tackles, 4 for a loss. And he played for the Eagles last year. They got Nate Hobbs, who had 72 tackles, 3 for a loss. Let's not forget that they have a decent defense sometimes. And they got these guys who are transplants coming in. Robert Swillen had a sack, but 77 tackles. And he comes for the Steelers last year. As for the Steelers on offense, they got Najee Harris. He rushed for seven touchdowns last year. And he clipped over a 1,000-yard rusher. So he is a durable back. And how are the Raiders going to figure out and get the penetration they need up front to stop Najee Harris? But in addition to his impact on the ground, Harris also is a pass catcher in the backfield himself with 41 catches of 53 targets for 229 yards. And he did score three touchdowns in the passing game. And every single time he catches the football, it's producing a first down with his 13 yards per receiving average. Let's not forget about their starting quarterback, Kenny Pickett. He averaged, he had 2,404 yards last year on his seven touchdown passes by nine interceptions. He's still trying to figure out where he is in building that chemistry with his team in the league with his 184 yards he had last year. But he has some kind of threat to run with the football too. He ran for 237 yards last year with his three touchdowns. But he's got his favorite target. And it feels like they're building some chemistry there. And that's his dynamic receiver, George Pickens. George Pickens had 800 yards last year on his four touchdowns on his 52 catches he had. And he's got his dependable tight end, who is a very decent blocker. 
people don't usually talk about his blocking. But Pat Fryermuth is a dynamic player in the pass game as well. With his 732 receiving yards on his two touchdowns. And now, their defense. Alex Highsmith, a stout linebacker, had 14 and a half sacks to go along with his 12 tackles for a loss. And his 63 tackles last year, unbelievable. A linebacker who has nearly 15 sacks? What an athlete. Line him up on the outside. Line him up and have him blitz through the interior offensive line. He is a dynamic player, and he's going to be a ball hawk around the field. Alandon Roberts, he registered four and a half sacks to go with his 10 tackles for loss when he played for Miami. And he had over 100 tackles, so he is dependable and durable. He did get hurt a little bit last week, a bounce back player. But let's not forget about the lockdown corner they have with Minka Fitzpatrick, who had 96 tackles last year and six interceptions. Has been one of the best cornerbacks in the league for quite some time now. And Desmond King. So he played for the Texans last year. But he's been decent. 88 tackles last year for a loss. And he did have two interceptions. But in this game. It's going to be a rugged one. And so I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they're going to play behind the backbone of their defense. They're going to have to pound the rock with Najee Harris. Over with the pass game. To get the pa passing game out to Pat Fryermuth, uh, and as well in that regard, George Pickens, and other guys are gonna have to step up. But I do think they're going to make this game ugly, and they're gonna win this ball game. Now we're on to our Monday night game, and this is between the Los Angeles Rams versus the Cincinnati Bengals. The Los Angeles Rams head into this matchup one of one in the season. The last time they stepped on the football field, the Rams faced off with the 49ers and ended up losing 30-23. Matthew Stafford connected on 34-55 passing for 307 yards through the air and a touchdown. He did have a 67 QBR rating, which is tough to swallow, but Kyron Williams was their leading rusher on the team with his 14 carries for 52 yards last week. And Puka Nakoa had 9 catch. 9 yards per catching average, 15 receptions for 147. He's been a durable receiver in the pass catching and really amazing through his first two games in the NFL. The rookie has been really a stud out there. Considering that the Rams have been averaging 26.5 points per game and 90.5 yards on the ground attack, 23rd in the NFL, so they got to figure out what's going on there. But the Rams sit in 12th in regards to the opponent's scoring. So their defense is one of the better defenses out there. And uh, they have led up 301 yards of passing this year. Fifth ranked defense in regards to passing. So that's going to be an interesting one for Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Who start off their season with an 0-2 record. Not what they're hoping for with Joe Cool. Joe Burrow has been... Last game, he only threw for 222 yards on 27 of 41 through the air with his 85 QBR rating. And an interception, Joe Mixon, he ran for the football 13 times with 59 yards, walking away from the game with a 4.5 yards per attempt average for Cincinnati. And T. Higgins was the featured target for the Bengals, bringing in 8 catches for 89 yards last week. So... They do have to clean up some things in that regard, and their defense 
needs to figure it out. Because right now, the Cincinnati Bengals are averaging 212 yards per outing. Which, right now, in the ground game, makes them dead last. They got to figure out how they're going to alleviate the stress of the defensive tackles. The linebackers are going to have to fill gaps. Not a great start in that regard. One of the worst defenses in the NFL at the start. How are they going to figure it out? And points per game, in that for that matter. So in this game, I'm going to take the Los Angeles Rams, who's been fighting tough this far in the season. We'll be right back with our last Monday night game that we're going to recap about. You don't want to miss it. How do you make the most of your land? Everyone has their way. The Nelsons depend on their John Deere Gator XUV 835R to get from point A to point B with decoys and the dogs. Much as we got going on, it's all about efficiency. And if you ask the Mosers what they use their Gator XUV 590M for, they tell you. The most fun we have on the Gator is just repping around the property. There are millions of ways to make the most of your land. Learn how to make the most of yours at Deer.com. Nothing runs like a deer. I'm pretty handy around the house, but now that I have kids, I don't want to spend my Saturday installing a toilet or fixing an air conditioner. But thankfully, there's HomeAdvisor. HomeAdvisor helps me find the best home pros in my area to handle any kind of project. You can read reviews of the pros, check their availability, and even book appointments online. And what my wife loves most is that HomeAdvisor is completely free to use. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app to get started. HomeAdvisor. I'm not going to lie. I know nothing about cars. And I don't really mind keeping it that way. This, it's cool. I called CarShield before my car broke down. Thanks to CarShield, I don't have to understand anything about what's broken. Because plans can pay for repairs on up to 6,000 parts of my car. Leave fixing cars to the experts and call CarShield before your car breaks down and maybe save some money for once. It's a thought. Call 800-579-6554. 800-579-6554. At Jersey Mike's, they slice your order fresh right in front of you. And let me tell you, watching that can send a rush of emotions through a person. Excitement, impatience, baby-like wonder, indecisive, anticipatory chewing, nervous pacing, happy claps, and finally, jealousy, because that's this guy's sub. I should order one. Good idea. Sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. Welcome back. You're listening to the Nightly Crow Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1, the key at Newton, Georgia. And now we're on to our last Monday night game that we're going to be doing pick 'em for. We've got the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's been just two games for the Philadelphia Eagles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but there are numbers that are beginning to develop that need to be pointed out ahead of Monday night's game in this tilt at the Raymond James Stadium. And here are five things we're going to be looking for on the run defense and pass defense. The two entities couldn't be further apart. The Eagles have the top-ranked rushing defense, but are the next to last in defending the pass. Unbelievable in proportions. So clearly, there must be something done to narrow the gap. That kind of, ma- that kind of margin cannot continue to have a successful season. If there is any bright spot here, it's that the Eagles' run defense was tied for 16th last year. The strong start by Jordan Davis and the impressive early play from rookie Jalen Carter has had 
a lot to do with that. As has veteran Fletcher Cox, who has started the season strong. A case could also be made that the Vikings aren't a very good running team after losing Dalvin Cook. But however, the Patriots were supposed to hurt Philly on the ground with Ramondre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott, who also seemed to play well against the Eagles when he was with the Dallas Cowboys. But neither back did much of anything in that regard. Also, pro football focus graded Carter as its top rookie in the league for a second straight week. He is the only rookie per PFF to maintain a 90-plus grade through his first two games. Unreal. The bright light, however, is dimmed a bit considering that the Eagles' pass defense was ranked first last year and is now next to last. As for the rush offense, the pass offense ratio, the disparity is just as wide in these two departments. The passing offense is ranked number 29 in the league. The run offense is ranked second after putting together games of 97 and 259 yards on the ground. Again, this is unsustainable for long-term success, at least as far as the passing game goes. That must get better for the Eagles to build onto their 2-0 record. Now, they're both undefeated. The Eagles' visit to Tampa marks the only game of the Week 3 that will pit a pair of 2-0 teams against each other. Since 2010, folks, early season tests between undefeated teams have been foreshadowed Super Bowl appearances. In that span, 14 games have featured 2-0 teams in Week 3, and 7 of those are 14 games produced an eventual Super Bowl berth. The Chiefs in 2019 and the Rams in 2021 earned Week 3 wins against the undefeated opponents on their way to the World Championships. However, in the turnover department, the Eagles and Bucks are in the top three in terms of turnover ratio, with the Bucks sitting at plus five and the Eagles at plus four. The Dallas Cowboys lead the league with plus seven. Now, here's the thing. There's other aspects of the game that we have to think about, and this is in our miscellaneous department. Brandon Graham will play his 181st game in Eagles uniform on Monday night, which will move him past Hall of Fame receiver Harold Carmichael, who played 180 of those games back from 1971 to 1983 on the franchise's all-time games played list. Graham should be able to become the franchise leader in games played. Next up is Brian Dawkins, who played in 100. 83, 1996-2008, and David Akers, the kicker, who sits in this top spot with 188 from 1999-2010. to 2010. Devontae Smith's two catches in one game for 50-plus yards marked the first time an Eagles receiver has done so since Deshaun Jackson in 2019. Darius Slay ranks second in the NFL with the most pass breakups with four behind Marshawn Lattimore, who has five. And you have dynamic quarterback ability with Jalen Hurts. Getting the run game going is something that the Eagles are going to have to figure out in this ball game. And they're going to be proficient. Get Devontae Smith the action. Dallas Goddard. They're going to have to change the game up a little bit. Because this Bucks defensive line and linebacking crew is pretty stout. And you got Devin White, who's one of the best linebackers ever since he came into the league. Getting over 120 plus tackles every single year since he's been in the league. That's not to mention the Bucks still have something going with Baker Mayfield. 
They still got something figuring out that. But here's the thing. He's shown to be a true leader in his first two games as a Bucs quarterback. You also got a pass catcher like Mike Evans, who's been the most consistent receiver with his eight-plus years of 1,000 yards receiving seasons and has been a dynamic player. But he's going to be a question mark after this year ends. But in this game, I'm going to take the Philadelphia Eagles. Now we're going to go over the rest of the league in terms of the picks of the week. Titans versus Browns. I'm going to take the Titans in that one. Chargers versus Vikings. I will going to take the Chargers in that one. Bills versus Commanders. The Bills are going to be dominant, in my personal opinion, in that game. So I'll take the Bills. Texans versus Jaguars. I'll take the Jaguars. And they're on the come up. I think they're going to win a division this year. Colts versus Ra- Ravens. I'm going to take the Ravens with Lamar Jackson and that stout running game. Figuring that out. Panthers versus Seahawks. I'm going to take the Seahawks. Cowboys versus Cardinals. I think that game is going to be a landslide, and I'm going to take Cowboys. This rounds out our NFL Week 3 Pick'em segment. We'll be right back with music news. You don't want to miss it. When you really need something to get you through a long graduation ceremony, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill. With varieties like Trolley Sour Bursting Crawlers, the worm's soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors will give everyone a reason to celebrate. So when you want to notch the festivities up a couple degrees, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect way for everyone to celebrate. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. This is Austin Black, and I am the host of Behind the Tunes. Have you ever wondered about the stories behind your favorite songs? and the journeys of those that sing them? Well, each week, we invite you to go behind the tunes and step into the stories behind your favorite Christian artists that shape the landscape of today's music. Hey everybody, this is Andy Christman. Join me this week for worship as I play two hours of the best in modern worship music from churches and worship leaders around the world. And this week, my special guest is Blake Goss of New Spring Worship. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making ways in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. For us, that scripture came alive because he did a new thing actually in an old place. You don't want to miss a moment of this week's worship with me, your host, Andy Christman. WQE 99.1 FM, The Key, home of Southern Sports and Talk, Noonan, Sharpsburg, Franklin. Welcome back. You're listening to the Nightly Crow Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1, The Key, out of Noonan, Georgia. And now, we're on to our music news segment. And our first story is about an alternative rock band joining the Billion Spotify Streams Club next. More than a decade ago, Following its release, Fun's 2011 single, We Are Young, featuring Janelle Monet, has hit the 1 billion streams on Spotify mark. The platform confirmed on Monday. Forever We Are Young. Wow, they figured this out, and they got it done. The achievement is the latest for the track. In August of 2022, YouTube confirmed that the dramatic slow-motion music video for We Are Young hit the 1 billion view mark on its platform. We Are Young was released as the first single for fun, 
sophomore studio album on some nights on September 20th of 2011. The track made its debut on the Billboard Hot 100 on December 24th that year and hit number one the following year on March 17th dated chart. The track spent a total of 42 weeks on the all-genre tally with six weeks at the summit. We Are Young is Fun's only number one hit on the Hot 100, though. The group got close with follow-up singles with some nights at number three, 56 weeks. We Are Young won the Song of the Year at the 2012 Grammy Awards and was nominated for Record for the, of the Year and Best Pop Duo of the group in that regard. So congratulations to them on that one. And we'll be right back with our last story of music news. You don't want to miss it. Are you an unsigned artist that's looking to take the next step in your career? Look no further. Your time is now. Joint Empire Troop has come to your rescue. Owners Casey Case and Cameron Winokur are ready to make your musical dreams come true. Whether you're looking to record your next track, compose your next project, or need help with mixing and mastering your existing music, we will always be here for you in your time of need. For more information, go to www.joinempiretroop.com. Welcome back. You're listening to the Night of the Crow Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1, the key at Anuta, Georgia. And now, we're on to our last story of music news. And this is about a rap mogul showing appreciation and connectivity with Coach Prime and what he is doing with the NCAA college football team, the Colorado Buffaloes. When Lil Wayne first entered the Colorado Buffaloes football program facilities last February, he couldn't help but gasp at the revamped locker room constructed by the newly named head coach, Deion Sanders. After a smoldering 27-6 run at Jackson State, Sanders, also affectionately known as Coach Prime, encouraged Wayne and the Colorado faithful to buckle their seats as he intended to rewrite history for the once hapless program. Wayne, a longtime friend of Sanders, was one of the few who believed in Coach Prime's ability to reverse the fortune of a team when they were 1-11 last year and finished dead last in the Pac-12 division last year. I never doubted him. Wayne relays billboard, I would never doubt him. I think if you were to ask me that question before the season or even before the day I walked in there, I think I probably would have said the same thing. I would have said I could see them at 3-0. I spoke to him that night, and when he visited in February, he was confident he was going to blow the rooftop off with stars and the moon. Within the season's first two games, Sanders toppled the likes of last year's national champion runner-up TCU in a 45-42 burner and a squash match against Nebraska the following week. Coming into the third game last Saturday, Sanders' demeanor paired with the elite play of his star players Travis Hunter and Sons Shiloh Sanders and Shador Sanders have propelled the Buffaloes into the national spotlight as they embarked on a conscientious battle against its rival Colorado State. But the hotly anticipated matchup that played had other celebrities that really supported The Rock, Kawhi Leonard, Master P, Offset, show their support as well. 
This community has gotten a lot of celebrities to help them. Thank you, Lil Wayne, to always believe in this program and getting the PR that they deserve. Thank you for listening in to the Nightly Growl Catcher with Corey Bank tonight. Thank you for everyone's support. Thank you, WQEE. Everyone, get home safe. Have a great night's sleep. And we'll see you next week. Have a great night, everybody. Take care.